told you this morning we talked about the storm and what you should see in the storm. Storms, you can only see some things in a storm that you can't see anywhere else. I mean, a, a storm will bring God's hands out if you're looking for it in the right direction in the right place. But a lot of times we get caught up looking at the storm itself and we miss what God is doing and what God is trying to do in your life. So we need to fixate our eyes on God and we need to keep our eyes on Him even when we're not in a storm. So uh, tonight I want to talk a little bit more about the storm in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 tonight, verse number 45. We're talking about seeing things in the storm. Tonight I want to talk about row your boat. Row your boat. Mark chapter 6 and verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get in the ship and go to the other side before Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had, said, had sent them away, he departed into the mountains to pray. And when an even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking unto the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in the, themselves beyond measure and wonder. For they considered not that his miracles of the loaves for their hearts were hardened. And when they passed over, they came to the land and drew to the draw to the shore. And they that came out unto him straightway, straight, the ship, they saw him, and ran through that the whole region around about, and began to carry about in beds, and those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into the village or city or country, they laid the sickness streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to be with each one. Help us tonight, Lord, be what we need to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In the preceding verses of the text we just read here, Jesus had just finished probably one of the greatest miracles in his earthly ministry. He takes a lad's lunch, and just enough of this little lad, and just enough of him to sit and listen to Jesus preach and to fill his stomach. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fishes, and, and, he, and he blessed it and broke it. And he, mo he made more out of that than anybody could possibly dream about. He passed it out to the multitude. And after he does this great miracle, trouble is on the way. Dark clouds on the horizon. Can I say this? Anytime God gets to moving, anytime God gets to uh, 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 doing something in a place, you better keep an eye on the devil. He's right behind the scene. He wants to cause trouble and do his dirty work. It would not please the devil nothing more then when the church is over and everybody goes home to raise up a great tempest in your life. 
to bring that storm in your life, to get into doubt whatever God has done at the house of God, and you start doubting what God has done. He said to his, uh, the Bible said that Jesus said he constrained his disciples to get in the ship. He gives them a purpose, and that's to go to the other side. Can I say that the ship is a picture of the church? When the Lord Jesus Christ saves a man or woman, he constrains us to get in the ship that we may go to the other side. And we can start making our way in this journey that we live and that walk in this world today. And we do it by the grace of God. I still believe when God saves a person, he will yoke them up with somebody that's a uh, church that is a Bible-preaching church and a God-loving church. I believe when he gets saved, uh, God will direct them to that path. And I remind you in the book of Acts, Paul said, except those abide in the ship cannot be saved. When a storm is raging, the last thing you need to do is jump ship. And if you jump ship, you might make a mess of your life, a mess of things around you. I've heard preachers say that we need more water-walking Christians. I just like to have the faithful eleven to stay in the boat. Amen. I like to have those that said, hey, uh, I'm just going to stay right here and serve God and do what God wanted me to do. Uh, it's not my job to walk on water. It's not my job to heal. It's not my job to uh, heal the sick or raise the dead. My job is to serve God and stay in the boat and row the boat. That's our job. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, now, people tell me, it said, God told Peter to walk on water. God did not tell Peter to walk on water. In fact, the Scripture tells us, Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come out to you. Jesus said, hey, if you want to come on out here, you come on out here. And it didn't take Peter long to realize walking on water was God's business. It's not his business. So we're not in the business of walking on water. We're just in the business of being faithful and serving God day in and day out. Amen. I got to thinking about the ship, about the rowing and uh, the selling of the nature of it. These things, uh, you got to have some... Uh, 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 parts to go with you got to have these things that go and when you go into ship and you're going to take a journey and there's some things uh, that you must take with you I'm glad one night in a revival my destination was changed can I say on this journey you're going to have to have some provisions and these days, when someone's going to take a trip, uh, uh, they would take water, they would take food, uh, uh, just enough to take them to the journey, their destination we're going to go to. But you've got to have provision. There's no McDonald's out in the ocean. There's nowhere place you can stop to resupply. You must supply yourself before you even take the trip They have to have some provisions. If you forget something, you have to do without. That's why people make checklists when they go on to do trips. They want to check and make sure that everything gets. You get 100 miles away and you get thinking, 
that I turned this iron off. Got to make a checklist. You got, you got to have provisions. You need your provisions. I'm glad tonight the Lord has given us all the provisions that we'll ever need for this journey. I'm fully supplied by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that this evening I have the Bible, I have the provisions to get to the other side. And the Bible's enlightening it to self, to the bread, uh, uh, to meat, to honey, to apples, to gold, to mirror, a light and a fire and a hammer and, and, and a sword. And it's all the provisions that I need to get to the other side. This is what we need. You need the provisions to get to the other side. You'll need power to get to the other side. Ships in that day was not self-powered. They didn't have an Everuo Johnson motor on the back of it, somebody got in. They didn't have that. This was physical power that had powered these ships back in them days. Can I say this in Acts chapter 2? As the church was about to be birthed, thank God, God sent the power to get our boat to the other side. Let me tell you, the Masons don't have the power, the Moose Lights don't have the power, the government doesn't have the power, but the church, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, has the power. You, one of the, you, you got more power in the name of Jesus than anything else. We're not a weak people, but we're anointed with the power from on high. We're given that power. The Bible said that the gates of hell can't even prevail against it. Thank God for the power. You need persistence on this journey. The Bible said he saw them toiling and rowing. It took physical power for them to make it to the other side. It wasn't easy, but they kept rowing anyway. If you know anything about the sea, you know that it's a cruel place. You know that uh, storms come up quickly, and, and one minute it'd be calm, and the next minute it'd be your world's upside down. If you know anything about being out in the water, you know that lives in the boat is in danger during a storm. Row your boat. There's one thing that we need in the church today. There's a little persistence. Just keep rowing. When it don't look so good, just keep rowing. If you don't, it looks like hell is all against you, just keep rowing. I was looking at the, uh, the Olympics and uh, these rowing things they have on there and you see them all lining in a straight line and they got the oars up and uh and they're rowing you see them they're rowing like them I mean you just just rowing and they can get some pretty good distance on them but i got to looking at that i got to think about that they're 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 like this and they're rowing like this and they're heading that way they can't see where they're heading they don't know what's ahead of them they just rowing but I got to think, but there's one in the ship that's facing that way. 
And he's encouraged them. Said, hey boys, uh, keep on rowing. Keep putting the oars in the water. Just keep on going. The finish line is just ahead. And he's encouraging them and giving them encouragement to keep on rowing. Can I tell you there's one in our ship. Uh, we might not see what's ahead of us. Uh, we, my backs might be turned. Uh, but he's in the ship with us. And he said, son, keep on going. Just keep on rowing. Uh, I, uh, the finish line is just ahead. There's somebody in the boat with you tonight. And he's encouraging us and lifting us up and saying, keep on going. So row your boat, even when it don't look good. Row your boat when it looks like the devil has come against you. Just keep on rowing your boat. There, there's some things about rowing the boat I like to talk about tonight. Try to get through it quickly. I want to see some things tonight about what we're talking about. I'll give you three things on why you should row your boat in the text we see here. Keep rowing your boat when everything's against you. The reason why they were toiling and rowing was the wind was contrary to them. They were heading one way and the wind was blowing back the other way. They were trying to move this way, and the wind and the wave was blowing. You know what? Every time they try to get 10 feet ahead, the wind would blow them back 12 feet. They were struggling, and the Bible said he saw them tolling and rowing. Now, have you ever felt like uh, everything you could do, uh, you've been uh, uh, worshiping all that you could do, you've been reading your Bible all that you can do, and uh, you've been uh, uh, studying, you've been witnessing all that you can do, you've been praying all that you and it seems like it's just getting harder and harder and harder. It seems like everything you do is just, you come to a dead stop. The more you did, the harder you get. The more you spend, the, the deeper you got. These guys were facing the wind and they were toiling and they're rowing. They had to go. They were sitting in a boat. The Bible says the wind was contrary to them. It was circumstances that was out of their control. There's nothing they could do about it. They could not change the wind. They could not reach out and grab the wind. They could not stop nothing. It was an incontrollable force. Something they could not control. Something they could not handle. I don't know if you've ever been there. You felt like the circumstances were bigger than you. Feel like you could not get a hold of it. You couldn't turn it around. And everything was against you. That's the way they were in this boat but not only was the wind and the waves contrary to them there was one in the boat that was against them and that was the devil his name was Judas they were rowing for their lives. They were uh, facing the wind and they were rowing uh, and they just kept rowing and I could see this uh, I, I could see Judas oh, sitting over like this what's the use why y'all doing that? I could hear Judas saying, you know, why do we even have to go to the other side? I, I could see 
James and John stand up, hey, Judas, grab a hold of an oar. We need help. We, we can't do this uh, by ourselves. Let me just say this. We need help Amen. in the church. Amen. We need everybody to pick up an oar. We need everybody to row. We need everybody to get together. We don't need somebody to say, well, I don't understand why we do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going that way. We need everybody to pitch in, grab an oar, and stick it in the water and row. If you feel like you just want to sit here and just don't do nothing, it's time for you to pack it up and go home. This is not a one-man show here. It is a, it is a group effort. This is a church, and it takes everybody. Judah's sitting there, I don't understand why we even have to go to the other side. Can I tell you the world is against you tonight? The politicians are against you tonight. The Solomites are against you tonight. They're, they're, pu- they're, pu- they're pushing on you, and you're trying to head that way, and they're pushing you back. They don't want to see you get ahead. They don't want to see you uh, make gain way. They, they just want to try to quiet you down and set you down. But we need some people to say, you know what? I want to get in the boat, and I want to take over, and I want to row my boat. You need to row the boat when everything's against you. It seems like today churches, a lot of people come to church, and it just uh, takes one little thing. To get them to jump ship. To get them to fall away. It don't take much nowadays to get somebody upset. Amen. It, it don't take much when somebody says, you know what, preacher, I just don't think I can teach school anymore. I, preacher, I, I just don't think I can sing anymore. You, you just don't know what's going on in my life. In fact, uh, preacher, I, I'm just going to take some time off from church. Can I say in the midst of your storm, jumping ship is the worst thing you could ever do. In your storm, like I said this morning, you ought to be looking at the right things instead of the wrong things. But too many Christians are fixated their eyes on the storm. Everything's against you. Just keep on rowing anyhow. Why did they keep rowing? What was making them to go? What made them to keep rowing? Because Jesus constrained them. He constrained them to get in the ship and to go to the other side. They could not see Jesus. He was in the mountains, uh, but they were relying on what he said, and they said uh, that was good enough. He said, get in the boat and go to the other side. Jesus said it, and that's all it meant right there. Whether we think it's right, whether we think it's wrong, whether we agree with it, Jesus said it, and let's just move on. You know, a lot of times we doubt, we question. But you know what? If Jesus said, get in that boat and start rowing and go to the other side, I'm going to get in that boat and go to the other side. I I figure this, if he told me to get in the boat, he constrained me to get in the boat, I might not agree with it, but I look at it this way, it'll all work out anyway because he's in control of it. It'll work out. So keep on rowing when it seems like everything's against you tonight. Amen. Paul said, for, for whether uh, we be beside ourselves, it is unto God. 
In other words, he said, there, there's some times that you get to your side yourself, you just don't know what to do, which way to turn, or who to go to, or how to handle it. But he said, for this reason, we keep on, because for the Lord, love of God has constrained us. It's amazing to me that some Christians have been dealt a bad hand. Some Christians, their life has not been good, but uh, their finances, their health, their, their family and everything, but they'll get up and say, God is good. And you know what they're going through. You know what they face. You know what they've been struggling through, but yet they'll get up and say, God has been good to me. So we need to keep rowing when everything's against you. You need to keep rowing when the evening comes. Verse 27. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. Everything's against them. It's dark. They don't know which way to go. Uh, uh, they don't, the clouds have gone. It's rolled in. It's dark. Uh, everything's obstructed. Uh, there's no light. Uh, there's no light from the stars. Uh, they don't know which way to go. They don't know what to do. And they're heading in the right direction or not. How many of you have been in a place, everything's against you, then all of a sudden it just got plumb dark on you? You didn't know what to do. You didn't know which way to go. I've had people tell me I'm going through this and I'm going through that. I can't see any light. I can't see the light at the end of the day. I just tell them keep rowing the boat. It amazes me why people get out of the boat in the midst of the darkness. In the middle of the storm, people want to jump the boat. And that's what happens. Listen, when the, when the heat is on and the storm, and storm is raging and it's dark, it's not time to sit down in the ship and say, oh, woe is me. It's time to pick up the oar and start rowing the boat to, and row your way out of the storm. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, quit and jump and ship? Uh, to whom shall we go, they said. Thou has the words of eternal life. Can I say this? There is no plan B. There's, there's not a plan B. This is it. There's not a plan B here. If you go to John chapter 6, John chapter 6 account of this same event here. He said that uh, they got in his ship and the Bible said, and it was now dark. And they rode until the fourth watch. And, and I, the Bible said they rode 25 to 30 furlongs. And that's three miles. Now from the first watch to the fourth watch, they rode three miles. Three miles. They were fighting. They were toiling. They were struggling. It was not easy. Everything was against them. But yet they did not quit. They did not give up. They kept rowing their boat. Why do we quit so easy? Why do we give up so easy? They hadn't quit. It's been a long journey. Let me just say this. I've been blessed in my journey. Walking with Jesus, I have no regrets. He's been so good to me, I must confess, the way is long. 
You may say, I don't know which way to go. I'm rowing, I'm telling you, which way is up and which way is the saints don't quit. Because God is still in control. It's just time for us to anchor down and start rowing in the storm that we go through. Jacob and Bethel, falling on hard times, gathers in stones and is going to sleep and God showed him the ladder going from the earth to heaven and the angel was ascending and ascending to heaven. And the Lord spoke to Jacob. And he said this, Surely the Lord is in this place. He's thinking this is the last place that God would be at. This is the last place. He was in Bethel. He didn't know that was the house of bread. He didn't understand that. But he said, surely the Lord is with me at this place. Let me just tell you, no matter where you're at in your storm, no matter what you're doing, God is with you. Martha and Mary said, Jesus, you'd have been here earlier. If you'd have been on time, our brother would not die. Jesus, you don't understand. I'm about to show you I am the resurrection of life. Roll the stone away. He want to show them. Even when Jesus seems like it's late to you, Jesus is on time all the time. Row your boat when it's evening time, when it's Against everything's against you. Just keep on rowing. Don't give up. I read the entire rest of that, this chapter here for this statement here. Keep rowing when everything's against you. Keep rowing when it's evening time. And you can't see, you don't know which way to go. But also keep rowing because of expiring sinners. The rest of this chapter has everything to do with the disciples in this ship. Everything to do with that. There were others on the other side that needed what they had in the boat. They needed what the Bible said. There were sick people on the other side. They were on the verge of death on the other side. I know God can do anything that he wants because he's sovereign. God, we serve as sovereign God. But let me give you this hypothetical situation. What if the disciples said in the middle of that rowing, what's the use? And just stopped and quit and gave up and sinked. Who would have took the gospel to the other side? Who, who would have been the ones to carry the gospel to the other side? I understand God can do all things and God would have gotten things done. But God had depended on these men to do what God set to do. He constrained them to get in the ship and go to the other side. Now he didn't say it was going to be an easy journey. He's telling you and I it's not going to be an easy journey. But he has constrained you and I to get in the ship and go to the other side. And by the way, what you got in that ship, those people need it out there. There are people dying in this world that needs what you've got. And the time you say, well, I, I don't want to. I'm just giving up. I'm going to quit. Who's going to do it? 
Who's going to take the gospel? Who's going to share the gospel? <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Maybe the problem you have is not your problem to begin with. Maybe it's not your problem. Maybe it's not about you. God is trying to get you to somewhere else to help somebody that's got problems. You know, anytime we get a problem, anytime problems come our way, it's, oh, woe was me. Oh, woe was me. Well, just maybe the problem, maybe the storm that they were facing, God was testing and God was seeing how faithful it is. And you just let me just say this. God wants to know how faithful you are. Are you going to stay in a boat, keep rowing, or is it all about you? We can be the Judases in church. Let them do it. I'm not going to do it. Or we can be like all of them. We can just say, hey, you know what? What's the use? Or we can be like them and say, you know what? No matter the struggle, no matter what goes against me, no matter how dark it gets, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stay in a ship and I'm going to row, row, row my boat. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. And God said, hey, there's going to be storms coming in your life that you're going to struggle, you're going to face. And we understand that. And sometimes a great storm can come your way. But it's not a time to quit on God. It's not a time to give up on God. But it's a time to keep rowing our boats. Amen. And that's what God wants to know. Like I said, I'd rather have the, the faithfulness of the loving to stay in the boat than the one that got out of the boat. Amen. We need some people to say, you know what? I want to pitch in, I want to get in, and I want to get involved, and I want to row with you. Because I like the direction you're going. Amen. We're going to the other side. There's somebody on the other side that needs what we got. And we don't take it out to them. Who is? Who is? Row your boat. Even in the storm, row your boat.